Get your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture We'd stick around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast that isn't as smug as Andrew is more pointed than Candice's lipsticks but only half as hot as Jane Brought to you by North East World. The holiday of the future is here, if you like Chris Rea. <laughs> <laughs> Screw Anthony Hopkins. Sweet, sweet Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Hopkins has got nothing. Nothing on Chris Rea. Yeah, I love, that, I love that little uh, intro theme song, by the way. I really like it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, very good, very good. Futuristic, I heard, as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm especially <laughs> a fan of the... Uh, the uh, the backing vocals, I thought whoever sung them was uh, sounding really sexy. I didn't realise yeah. that he had a four track, to be honest. Um, I thought... <laughs> that was very good. Yeah, it was, um, it was almost as if we got in professional musicians, you know. Yeah, um, and paid the money and stuff. Yeah, I mean, real money, yeah. yeah. I think they're still waiting for the cheque in the post. I think the, uh, I think the zither really uh, elevated the, the jingle. Yeah. That was, that was good work. It's true. Mm. And that really, that really high note that the backing uh, singer hit—that was impressive. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. maybe uh, maybe a forty-five minute jingle is a bit much, personally. Yeah. Um, yeah, true. Kind of minute. I mean, yeah, you want, you want to keep their interest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was more it was more of a ballad than a jingle, really, wasn't it? A ballad. <laughs> yeah. JG. <laughs> a ballad or a ballad? A JG jingle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, re- I really shouldn't have included that. Oh, really? Should I? Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. You just very, you just sound very southern when you say ballad. Perhaps. I think I yeah. think we need like, um, as, as you may have guessed, we're without one of our usual members for the TV episodes. Without the Ed. The Ed. Well, why don't we do introductions and see if we can work out which one it was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to um, TV episode. I'm going to say 19, and then Clive yeah, can just edit right. in the right number. Um, yeah, that'll work. I'm, uh, I'm David Peeling, I'm your host today, and we're joined today by Alex Wayne. That's usually where Alex Wayne would say hello. <laughs> oh, sorry, you dropped out of it there. Yep, my name's Alex <laughs> I, I Wayne. Just, I just finished <laughs> and waited for you to say hello. <laughs> Yeah, my internet dropped out. Oh, uh, hopefully, okay. not a sign of things to come. Um, <laughs> and also joined by James Cable. I'm hoping that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, sorry. This guys. could be a really long episode. <laughs> okay, so yeah, guys, hi, hi. Thank you, hi. thank you both for trying to join me. Um, been watching lots of TV. Yeah, loads. Yeah, quite, quite loads, yeah. Um, I haven't caught up on one of the shows I would have liked to talk about, uh, which Cable, I believe, is talking about, but uh, everything else I've got an opinion on. Um, <laughs> it, it feels like a long time since we've talked about TV. It does. It has, yeah. It's, it's been a long time. Yeah. Long time coming. But yeah, it's exciting. There's a lot to talk about. It's been hard to narrow it down. Why don't we just dive straight in then? And Let's go for um, it. we'll head up to Northeast World. I hope you've all bought your tickets, collected all your Kellogg's vouchers, uh, and let's hear what Alex Wayne has got to say. 
Right, okay. Well, uh, we're in Northeast World. Uh, sadly, that isn't that doesn't mean I'm going to talk about Westworld. If anyone was anticipating that, uh, however, I am going to talk about another futuristic TV show. Uh, I'm going to talk about the anthology series. Good word, uh, Black Mirror. Um, people might know it's Netflix exclusive now, formerly a Channel Four program. Uh, the third series uh, came out last month. Uh, if anyone who doesn't know, uh, Black Mirror is a futuristic sci-fi come. Uh, Satire, you might say. Uh, all about technologies, both past, present and future. Uh, seemingly trying to predict trends and uh, with great success. Uh, created by Charlie and written mainly by Charlie Brooker, who people might know from various comedy outlets, mo- most frequently probably Dead Set and um, Nathan Barley. Uh, starring various people. I literally don't have the time to go through all of them. Uh, Each episode is an individual story of roughly an hour in length, uh, taking on a theme about modern issues and technology. Anyone who hasn't seen this before, you don't need to have seen any of the other series, as each episode is standalone. But we're back for the third season, it's got a much bigger budget thanks to Netflix, and the quality has not dipped. If anything, it's got higher, or at least maintained. As a general rule, uh, Black Mirror themes represent modern issues... um, taken to the nth degree with a new social uh, technology. To give you an example of some of the things in the new episodes, obviously there'll be no spoilers as these are standalone. Uh, what The first episode in the series deals with social pressure to present a front on social media rather than accu- accurately portraying yourself. Uh, stars, stars Bryce Dallas Howard, who people might know from Jurassic World, and also stars uh, the lady from Star Trek, who I forget the name of. Um, it's all about a world in which people have a score attributed to them based on their social interactions. Uh, everyone's marked out of five, so if you had a score of 4.0 or higher, you'd be doing very well. Uh, everyone's under constant pressure to present themselves as a certain in a certain manner, in a certain light, uh, which takes on a very, I'd like to say, Instagram kind of tint to the entire episode. It's fantastic, as usual. And it really does reflect, I would say, this kind of culture of showing your life as you want it to be portrayed rather than how it actually is. In other episodes, we take um, recent uh, as updates in VR technology uh, intersected with horror. Uh, we also see vig- internet vigilantism uh, taken to a brutal conclusion in the episode Shut, Shut Up and Dance. Uh, we also see the demon- demonization of immigrants in and the poor in Men Against Fire, and we see the mob mentality of the internet. Um, basically, everything that you're concerned about technology is taken to the absolute upper echelon of fear in this show, and it's absolutely brilliant. But the main episode I'm going to talk about is um, probably the least uh, predictive episode, or at least I'd hope so, uh, San Junipero. Uh, before I go into this, is, is this one of the ones you've seen, Dave? It is not, no, not yet. I have heard a lot about it, though. It is probably the best of the season. Uh, Cable, have you watched Black Mirror yet? No, I've not, but I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it, and I think I'm going to watch it soon. Um, right, okay, well, the, the, the probably the most powerful episode in the uh, series is San, it's called San Junipero. Um, tells the story... Well, I can't really tell too much about it without spoiling it, but basically tells the story of... Um, set across several decades in the past, 80s, 90s, and noughties, um, between two lovers... Um, the entire thing is, I mean, to use 
a rather overdone phrase, but achingly beautiful. Uh, explores end-of-life care and nostalgia. Miss uh, a very sort of delicate uh, relationship. And uh, I think it really cuts to the core of why Black Mirror isn't just a sci-fi show. Um, Black Mirror's got skillfully interwe- interweaves a mixture of sci-fi, horror, satire, but it's got a keen understanding of human emotion, connections and interactions. I think are really at the core of all our social media problems as, as it is. Um, Brooker manages to subvert your expectations every turn and he manages to create real human characters who aren't just there as kind of a vehicle for the, the theme they're portraying. Uh, San Junipero, I would say, is probably the best episode, of, best hour of television I've watched all year, certainly in, well, in years as well. Um, Black Mirror on a whole is... Series season three is fantastic. There are stronger episodes and there are weaker episodes, um, but that's like saying you know we're talking about tens to seven out of ten. They're all extremely high standard. Um, I don't know how to put this any other way, but this is probably the best show on TV. It's just not on TV that often. Um, anybody who hasn't seen any of the past episodes, I would immensely recommend you do so, especially White Christmas. Uh, which says John Hamm from Mad Men. Um, there's a brutality but a beautiful nature in this that really, really isn't anywhere else on TV. Um, and I'm a massive fan, as you can probably tell. I'm surprised you haven't watched this cable, actually. I, I've, this, I have seen I think... that one, actually, the White Christmas one. I've seen yeah. that. It was on TV, I don't know when, but I saw that one. I thought that was really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I've not delved into the rest, but I, I think I intend to now. It is, I mean, it's right up, I mean, it's, I, I couldn't really tell you it's not up anyone's street, but I would have said it was particularly up your street. Um, yeah, it sounds like it would be, yeah. Yeah, I, I know you've only watched a couple of episodes, Dave, but what, what were your thoughts on them? Um, I, I, yeah, I've always enjoyed, um, I've always enjoyed Black Mirror. Um, I think this is definitely, I was, I was slightly, I was slightly sceptical, um, sceptical. It's been a number of years since um, they were last on TV. I didn't know how a kind of um, the potential for a, almost an Americanization, if I can put it that way, because it's always felt quite British. I, I don't think it. I, I, you know, any worries that I might have had uh, were wide of the mark. Definitely, um, the the casts have all been spot on really there have been some um, outstanding performances um particularly notable are some of the um the kind of teams of people who've been working on these episodes i was particularly interested to see that the first episode um was co-written by um uh rashida jones who's oh yeah, mo- yeah. most famously yeah. Anne perkins oh. from parks and rec it's a, also in the office the american office yeah well. exactly yeah um, so someone who you ne- wouldn't necessarily associate with being someone who would write uh, essentially a thriller, you know, essentially thr- yeah. thr- thriller writing. Um, but it, it's interesting to note that it's not, um, it kind of, it's, some, it's sometimes presented, and some of the episodes are slightly towards the kind of horror thriller, but um, I think they are much more, they're they're partic- they're very high quality versions of those. Don't go thinking that it's anything about cheap kind of thrills or anything like that. Um, they're very they're always very prescient, always very salient, including particularly um, 
the was it the first ever episode, which uh, oh yeah, kind of, um... which foresaw in the past the prime minister having sex with a pig. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, the national anthem. That's the one with Rory Kinnear. Um, but the... yeah, and uh, there was an, an episode called "The Entire History of You" as well, which pretty much predicted go go. Google Glass before it happened as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but what's what what always comes across in almost every episode is um, that basically human humankind is good. You know, there, there's there's a humanity to every one of these episodes to to almost every one of these episodes that is this that's uh you wouldn't necessarily expect from the themes if you see what i mean so there are thrillers and there are horrors and there are very scary moments uh and they don't they don't by any means end with you going oh well actually it'll all be all right by any means but you're you know there's there's a humanity to them that um is sometimes not you don't yeah i've always appreciated in it um yeah i think um i think the fact it I mean, in, in a lot of the episodes of Black Mirror, I'm not going to spoil any of the any of the episodes at all because they're far too good. But uh, there's an episode in the second season called White Bear, and there's an episode in this season called uh, Shut Up and Dance, uh, which really kind of toys with your um, your sympathies, um, and it subverts them completely, uh, and it asks you, well, okay, this person may have done something wrong, but did they deserve that? Um, and certainly in Hated in the Nation as well, which is the last episode in the third season, uh, in which, well, I'm not spying anything to say this, uh, people who are hated by the nation, people like um, someone like a Piers Morgan or a, um, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's a, an extreme example, but or Katie Hopkins, suddenly start getting offed by almost social media poll. And it's, I don't know, it's an interesting discussion point. I think occasionally... Uh, Black Mirror is occasionally on the nose with some things, but most of the time there's a great deal of subtlety to it. Um, and as I said, with San Junipero, uh, Brooke had managed to do something which he hadn't done in even, even any of the other episodes. Man, I mean, just, it, it's a piece of beauty, basically. Um, would you uh, would you say this was something you think that Clyde would enjoy? I know he's, he's not here, so he can't yes. put his thing in. But yeah, I mean, uh, with it being individual stories yeah i was gonna say episodes. like he could he could take a recommendation of san junipero and just yeah. watch san junipero in they're, they're all between what 45 and 60 minutes aren't they or 60 and 90. yeah it, uh, and they're, they're essentially films to all intents yeah. and purposes yeah, small short films utterly yeah. different casts utterly different stories almost different universes each episode you know um, or certainly, there's no um, there's no follow on between them, even if they are set in the same universe. So you can just pick one up, and if you enjoy it, there's no reason yeah. why you couldn't from there go back to the start of season one and and start fresh. You wouldn't have spoiled anything for yourself. So yeah, definitely. I think I think I'll yeah. suggest it next time I go around to his and we're struggling with something to watch and we're trolling mm-hmm. Netflix and just trying to decide. I, I I think if he's if he's not seen it before, I I. I have no doubt that he'd love the national anthem. I think that one would be right up his street, considering his politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just one other thing: when you mentioned about there being one where you get a rating out of five or something. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. Rem- nose dive. It reminded me of uh, the Community episode. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Community or seen. I've seen like one or two episodes. There's, there's an episode where it's something similar. They they all get. It's like a sort of app or a game where they get. A rating out of five, and like it's sort of a social ranking, and um, five is the highest. And there's like a saying in it 
Fives have lives, fours have chores, threes have fleas, twos have blues, and ones don't get a ride because they're garbage. <laughs> it just reminded me of that. <laughs> mm. um, a similar concept, I think. Right. Yeah, I think there is actually there is a real life app which I believe it's um, partly based on. But I'm tr- I'm struggling to find it. Um, yeah, no, I can't find it immediately. But I believe there is a real life app which asks you to rate people on certain aspects. Yeah. And um, it does. As I said, I think it's, that episode um, in particular. P- people spelled um, P. That's the one. P- yeah. P L E. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I it, it really. I mean, more than people it does seem to as i said i i got reminded instantly of instagram in the terms of, you know you you are just showing you know nobody's taking pictures of the dirty takeaway they got at 3 a.m people are showing pictures of the you know lovingly homecrafted meal they've got no one's taking a picture of you know uh, their sweaty mess when yeah. they come out of a gig people are taking pictures of when they look fabulous and they're putting a certain tint on them which is all fine but i do understand um the point that kind of nose nosedive seems to be making in the sense that we are presenting a world which doesn't really exist. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're we're, we're being our own PR representative. Yeah, totally, totally. Cool. Well, it's definitely something I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch it. I mean, I I could comfortably have like a you know a long conversation on each of each and every one of these episodes. Mm. That's how deep they are. Um, but yeah. Anyway, just go and see it. It's brilliant. Cool. Cool, right. Um, well, thank you for that, Al. Uh, now we'll move over to Sheffield and hear from James Cable. All right, well, that's a hard act to follow. Best best shows ever watched. Um, right. <laughs> I'm not, not sure about that, but it's definitely the best on TV at the moment, yeah. in my opinion. Cool. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a show called Atlanta, which I don't think you've heard of, either of you. Well, I don't know no, about I you. Haven't, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. Right, so Atlanta, it's a, it's a comedy drama series created by and starring Donald Glover. Um, you may know Donald Glover as Troy Barnes from Community, um, the rapper Childish Gambino. Uh, he's a stand-up comedian. Um, he was in The Martian as the, the science geek who figures out the slingshot, slingshot solution. Um, I think you, you've probably both seen that. Um, yeah. He started off as a writer on 30 Rock. He had a minor role in the show Girls, which we've talked about before. Um, he's been cast in the upcoming Spider-Man Homecoming reboot, uh, franchised by uh, Sony, um, but they've not said who he is. And if you don't know him from any of that, you probably end up knowing him as uh, young young Lando Carissian in uh, the, the 2018 Star Wars film. Um, right. He's been cast in that as young Lando. Uh, but yeah, oh. sorry, go on. Go on, Al. Yeah, no, yeah, I didn't know that, actually, but that's good casting. Yeah, I think so. I think he'd be good for that. Um but yeah, Atlanta is his, is his creation. So he wrote it and stars in it, uh, and it's his TV directorial debut. It follows um, a character called Ern, who he plays, during his daily life in Atlanta, Georgia, which is where Donald Glover is from. Um, so it follows him as he struggles to support his girlfriend and his daughter and redeem his, himself in the eyes of those who love him and his friends and family and stuff. And, it's, and yeah... Um, he's dropped out of university, he's got no money and no real home, he's sort of living between his parents and his girlfriend. Um, once he realises that his cousin, uh, a rapper called Paperboy, is on the verge of stardom, uh, he gets in touch with him in the hope that he can improve his life and that of his daughter. It was described to me before I watched it as a show about, uh, about what it's like to be black, um, which it is to some extent, but it's also a brilliant commentary on like life in general and... 
um, life of today. Um, one reviewer, um, just to steal someone else's review again, <laughs> uh, one reviewer said, the show's largest selling point is its elastic quality, its ability to produce genuine shock at the shitty banality of life, at social at life and society's margins, and laughter just moments moments later, um, which I think is a great description of it because it's it's quite it tackles some serious subjects, but it's also like really funny. Um, there's one episode right in the middle, which is a departure from the rest. Uh, it's essentially a talk show, um, which features Paperboy the rapper uh, as a guest, and it's got chat segments which revolve around. Subjects such as equality, racism, sexism, and hypocrisy, um, and then there's there's adverts which make sort of statements um, in between the the chats, uh, and one of the adverts which I think was quite well, they were all quite controversial and tackled sort of real life um, modern day subjects that are sort of in in the uh, in society at the moment. But one of them which got everyone talking was a serial advert which featured a black a black uh, wolf, well, he was, I assume he was black, um, called King Coco. Uh, he tries to get some cereal off these kids and he's wrestled to the ground by a white policeman and arrested, all while the, all while the kids are berating him and filming the incident on a smartphone, which I don't think I've ever seen before, anything quite like that. Um, it just gets you thinking, these type of things. Um, I think you'd get a lot more of the sort of social references if you were American and lived in Atlanta and perhaps if you were black um, but it doesn't matter, a lot of the stuff is is uh, sort of general stuff which I think anyone can relate to um, one of the standouts for me is a character called Darius who is played by a guy called Lakeith Lee Stanfield who starred in the film Short Term 12, if any of you guys have seen it um, he's no, a teenage, it's a really good film um, he plays a teenage poet uh, he's got no confidence in that, and yeah, he's really good in that. He also plays Snoop Dogg in Straight Outta Compton. Um, I think he's an up-and-coming actor. But yeah, he plays the rapper Paperboy's right-hand man and visionary, and he's just hilarious. He steals every scene he's in, and everything come out, comes out of his pure gold. Um, but he's more than just comic relief. He's he's unpredictable, and he's an oddball, um, which leads him to offer up some brilliant like impromptu moments. But he also manages to live a like, deeply personal and relatable like subject matter, um, and yeah, it's just finished. There's ten episodes, uh, half hour episodes. Um, it's just finished. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it from start to finish. There are a few shaky moments in the middle where I wasn't really sure where it was going or what it was doing, um, but it's left me wanting more. Um, but in a way, in a sort of a different way to normal because it's left me wanting more, but because I'd, I still don't really know what its intentions are and what it's really about the sh as a show and where its focus lies, but that's not a bad thing. Um, I think it says something about Donald Glover himself because he's obviously a multi-talented guy. He's done all these different things. He's sort of done one thing and then switched to doing another thing. And you can sort of see that in the show. Um, it makes all these statements about society and culture and everything. Uh, and it starts off a lot of different plot lines and, lift, like, hints at a lot of things, introduces plot points, but doesn't develop them yet, possibly. Um, even hints of like the supernatural or like mystery elements. It's not clear if they intend to develop these these things, or if they're just other parts of other statements, or if they're just uh, like cool, quirky interludes, or or what. But it's kind of it's kind of uh, 
fascinating and really refreshing. Something quite different about the show. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to describe, but yeah, it's really good. Um, I highly recommend it. Wow. Okay. I'm surprised this has passed me by. Um, sounds really interesting, actually. Um, how, how did you do hear about it? Well, I I'm quite a big fan of um, Donald Glover because I'm a big fan of his music and everything. Well, most things he's been in. So I sort of knew it from, through that. I knew he was developing any right. other pipeline. Okay. Um, yeah. I was sort of worried that it was just going to be like a showcase for him showing off his different talents. Like, it's got his some of his music in it and he acts in it and stuff like this. But I think it, st- it, stands, it stands out on its own. Um, and yeah, it's really good. Have you seen this at all, Dave? No, I'd not heard of it. Um, no, I'd not, no, no, I've not. Where, where is it available? Um, it was on FX um, in America, but it's available on the high seas. <laughs> floating, How? floating in a barrel. Somewhere. I don't think it's anywhere in the UK at the moment, so maybe that's why you've not heard of heard of it. How does it compare to? Um, have you seen Master of None? Is it? Has it compared to that? Because um, it sounds, in some ways, like a similar similar issue. Yeah, kind I have of seen. Premise. I've seen Master of None. It is, in some ways, it is similar, but also, it's not because it Master of, Master of None. I feel like every episode is has a particular focus and it's very not that it's not that um Atlanta isn't well thought out but it's less focused on one thing and there's less of one point to each episode if you know what I mean um so it's different in that sense and it's obviously yeah. a different completely different subject matter it's a different location and different characters and, and yeah, everything yeah, like that sure. but but yeah there is a there is a, a similar similar similarity between the two shows in that they're both giving social commentary on modern day life um, but yeah sweet interesting <clears throat> cool well thank you very much for that Cable um, I've got uh, one show to talk about this week um, I've been watching um, the latest in the Marvel TV series uh, Marvel's Luke Cage like the other series in this um, I'm going to say anthology this lubricious anthology um, <laughs> leading up that will lead up to a Defenders crossover series all on Netflix. Um, Luke Cage we've seen before uh, and he put, he was uh, Jessica Jones's, uh, one of Jessica Jones's um, love interests in, um, in her eponymous series. Um, back the titular now, show. Yes, titular. <laughs> yes, almost, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah Uh, and Luke Cage is uh, back this time as the lead uh, with Mike Coulter who um, some people will know as um, the uh, drug dealer Lamont Bishop from The Good Wife Um, and what else is he in oh uh, Million Dollar Baby Million Dollar Baby as well Um, he he plays uh, the titular Luke Cage um, who is a uh, a superhuman with um, spectacular strength and unbreakable skin? Uh, who is who lives in Harlem after some time after the events in? Wait, hold on. Was it after the events in Hell's? Oh, I don't know now. Actually, in Harlem. It is. Yeah, it is. yeah but then <laughs> it, it, it's after it's after season two yeah. of Daredevil. Okay. Apparently. 
Ach, Jessica, yeah, it must be Ach, Jessica Jones. Fine. Um, yeah, who now? He's now living in Harlem. Um, another, uh, yeah, another area of New York with a very separate identity from that of Hell's Kitchen, and who is dragged uh, from a relatively peaceful life uh, into the uh, into the dark underbelly of the world um, because of his um, because of his superpowers. Um, show also stars um i'm absolutely going to butcher this name so apologies in advance uh mahashala ali as cornell cottonmouth stokes who you'll know uh probably as the fixer remy danton from house of cards um simone missick as misty knight theo rossi as shades alvarez uh eric laray harvey as uh willis striker and uh, Alfred Woodard as Mariah Dillard. The show is uh, it 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 it's followed it follows broadly what is a, uh, a a very familiar format now from the other shows. It's thirteen episodes in nature. They're all broadly speaking an hour long, uh, and the story takes place over the full thirteen episode arc. Um, the the show now this 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 one in particular has started to draw in more characters from the other TV series, and you can see this now uh, moving relatively swiftly on towards the inevitable um, Defenders crossover. Um, the show, as I say, it's set in Harlem, and uh, albeit I come from a you know a very British perspective on this, it. Um, it seems to do a, a fairly good job of representing a unique part of part of um, of a unique city, um, and there's an awful lot of focus on um, racial tensions and politics in the U.S. Black Lives Matter, those kinds of things, uh, and has moved away. I I would I would suggest I maybe not the you know the expert on the subject but moved away from the kind of black exploitation uh, image that the character had particularly from the the comics in the 1970s um the the series i did enjoy and i'm glad that i watched it but i feel as though you naturally have to compare it to the show the series that have come before in this marvel uh universe um for me the 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 writing is was perhaps not up to the same standard as that of um of Jessica Jones or the first series of Daredevil and i'm yet to be convinced by unfortunately yet to be convinced by Mike Coulter who i find to be a bit wooden and i don't know if i I'd like to maybe think that that's what he's trying. That's what Luke Cage is about. Maybe that's he's trying to come across as stoic. But having seen him in other things, I think that maybe he plays everyone stoic. Um, that said, there are definitely good performances here. I particularly enjoyed um, Simone Missick as Misty Knight, who plays, uh, who is the um, uh, New York police detective who is uh, assigned to the cases that all seem to end up with uh, Luke Cage at the centre of them. Um, 
that it hers was a yeah an outstanding performance that definitely carried great portions of the show along. Rosario Dawson, who plays plays Claire Temple, who is now I think I'm right in saying the only character who's been in all three of the um, previous series in these arcs. Um, she makes a return um, as the nurse in this, although. I'm starting to wonder why at no point she asks to be considered as a surgeon. She seems to be the world's most capable medical professional in the history of medicine. Uh, there's there's clearly supposed to be some kind of story there about nurses um, and I'm guessing also women and women and ethnic minorities and that uh, the whole kind of angle that they that they do all the hard work in hospitals and that doctors take the glory i think that's probably what they're trying to get at but i've not seen her in any of the any of the shows being seen to be anything other than incredibly capable and people having faith in her capabilities and she also seems to be i don't know operating at a way higher level than you'd ever expect 90 percent of fully trained um surgeons to be operating at but good for her, I say. Um, Mariah, uh, sorry, Al- Alfred Woodard plays Mariah Dillard, who is a local councilwoman and um, the cousin of Cottonmouth. And the two of them together, um, through different means, are looking to bring um, change to Harlem. Um, I, I was a little. I was a bit unsure about this character. Um, her relationship with with Cottonmouth, I thought was excellent, and I quite enjoyed that. And then later on in the series, it her her role kind of changed somewhat. And in particular, I was utterly creeped out by the last scene in the series, uh, which didn't really make any sense to me whatsoever in which she plays quite a major role um it, one thing that's definitely refreshing about this series is um the fact that it is entirely based in and around um black america um it's vastly set in hell's kitchen there's one uh, there are a couple of scenes where it's set outside of Hell's Kitchen, but again in another part of the US, which is um, uh, uh, where black Americans are, uh, the, the, and, their, and, and, the, and their struggles have often uh, been quite prominent. Um, and it's refreshing to see a TV series in which the very limited number of white people in it are either bent or stupid. Um, huh. and you kind of, you, you watch it and it's, uh, you know, it is, I wouldn't say that it's remarkable in that there's any heavy handed writing that kind of forces it down your throat by any means. I don't think that it's anything other than very well done, but it does make you stop and think, oh, maybe that's how people who aren't white guys feel about watching TV. Um, every every major every major character is uh, is black, and they range from the utterly irreproachably good 
to the utterly evil and everyone in between uh, in the same way that most TV series fully recognise and develop characters um, of other races, but then uh, tack on um, you know, some token, some token, some tokenistic actor. Um, this doesn't do that at all. It's um, it's uh, it, it's a part of the show that I definitely enjoyed the um, the um, the music, the culture, the um, the pride that Luke Cage shows in uh, particularly shows in um, the culture that's grown out of Harlem um, and also Mariah Dillard's kind of twisted view of that. Uh, It's definitely an interesting addition to the series so far. It's probably not my favourite. That said, it's still very, very good television. It's definitely watchable. If you've enjoyed the other two, you'll absolutely enjoy this. This will be very much up your street. Uh, I don't think it's going to set many people's world on fire. And I don't think that if you watched the first series of Daredevil, say, and you were left cold, that this will necessarily bring you back in. But compared to an awful lot of television, this is uh, this is very good stuff. Um and yeah, if you've if you've half an interest in any of the Marvel films or TV series, which approximately four billion of the people on the earth probably are, if you look at how much money they make, um, you'll enjoy this too. Cool. So, uh, has anyone else been yes, watching? Yes, but I've Luke not Cage? finished it. Um, I've watched the first seven episodes, um, so I don't have a fully formed opinion on it yet. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd pretty much echo what you've said, at least from what I've seen. Um, like you said, in terms of the race issue, it is nice to see, um, you know, there have been TV shows before where there's been a black main character, but largely they've existed in, in a white world. So it is nice to see a black main character in a, you know, vastly predominantly black world. Um, I've heard a lot of comments online, actually, where people have complained that they haven't necessarily been racist, but that they've complained that they couldn't relate to it at all. And they're saying, well, you know, this is just, you know, it's the black world, African-American world, I don't understand. And it's like you said, it's, you know, well, you know, shoes on the other foot now. Although I'd say it's a complete lack of imagination if um, a white viewer can't relate to this world or at least can't understand the world. Uh, Yeah, that's like... That that's that's like saying that I should inherently understand the world of The Sopranos just because I'm I'm a white guy. It's like, you know, the world is so far removed from... Any you know, anyone's yeah. actual understanding? Yeah, it's, of it's, it's just feeble. It's just, just people, they've been they've been spoon fed um, their own culture for so long that um, they struggle when they're given something that's a little bit outside of their comfort zone. Um, but anyway, yeah, I've largely enjoyed it. I was in, it was interesting you were saying about the uh, moving away from the black exploitation elements. I thought there were still some elements in there, albeit um, more sort of cursing, you know, nods, you know, to its heritage. Um, Stuff like, you know, when he repeats um, mm. famous, ridiculous lines from the comics such as Sweet Christmas. Um, certainly the music, I think, uh, in terms of, um, oh, di- is it didactic or non-didactic? I always get this wrong. The music they play no, in not, the club. Not the club music. The music that plays in the background to a lot of scenes is very much uh, reminiscent of kind of 70s exploitation or black exploitation um, movies. Um but yes, in gem, I mean, it's got it's got its race politics absolutely perfect as you'd expect. Um, 
yeah, I've enjoyed it a lot so far. I know it's got generally very good reviews from critics, but I know it's got some mixed reception from fans. Potentially underlying racism there, potentially just not understanding it, but I've really enjoyed it so far, but I will reserve full judgment. I think I that um, I, th- I think it's it is fair to say like I, 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 I do think that it's not as good as the other two. Um, that is to say the first series of Daredevil and Jessica Jones. It, but um, and that's not just because um, I'm racist, <laughs> that's because I just I'm not I'm not sure that there is enough of a character arc. <coughs> I mean there there's there is a character arc. You get through thirteen episodes. But um he you know, he starts as a superhero fully aware of his own capabilities and there's not it's not really developed from there. And there is one uh, th- there's um an awful lot of fuss is made about his unbreakable skin and then there is not great writing about for my money the writing around then because obviously he ha- he will have to have an Achilles heel that's how these things that's how superhero things work and you know nine times out of ten they will then overcome their Achilles heel by being you know righteous Americans and um <laughs> I'm I'm not sure it's that's particularly you know you've got to work, I know you're working in a cliche I think it's just not particularly well you've not worked very well within that cliche compared to say the development that took place in the first series of um, Daredevil and some of the outstanding performances that are in Jessica Jones I'm not sure that it has quite those elements in this one mm. but uh, yeah. It, it, it's their nitpicky points because you 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 off you know you can't not compare this to the the others. It's, you know, they will all form a crossover series at the end. And if this had come along as the first one before Daredevil and Jessica Jones, my opinion may be different, and I would not have been you know would not have had my view of it maybe tarnished so much by what some excellent television that's come before. And maybe I'm holding it up to too high a standard. I don't know. Um, it's very good television absolutely very good television interesting maybe not quite as good as the first interesting that a lot of character actors from The Wire turn up in this I don't know if that's a deliberate reference to another show that has if not a majority certainly a a very very large uh, black contingency of actors but um, I counted at least five or six so far yeah yeah I, I, I wonder if that's just I wonder if that's also because there aren't many opportunities for black people in television. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I, I've not seen seen this yet. Uh, you've, um, have you seen the, Have you seen Jessica Jones? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've I've seen both of those, but I don't know. I I've, I've not seen it yet. Partly because I've just been so busy watching other things, but partly I feel like I'm oversaturated yeah. with superheroes at the moment. Um. I'd say this one has a has a political edge to it that yeah. perhaps yeah definitely Daredevil certainly definitely certainly yes. Daredevil. And listening to you talk about the the sort of the the fact that it's all it's a completely um, a black cast and it's, there's a lot of um, stuff about that. It's, it's it sort of echoes what I was talking about with Atlanta and does some similar things, which I think I don't know. I think well, Atlanta definitely did it well. 
and I, know, I find that interesting and yeah I would say I think the biggest compliment you can pay to that is that it at no point feels like tokenism and they all feel like proper characters who are you know they don't you know, there's a wide range of character types that you'll recognise from lots of different TV programmes but they're all represented and they all happen to be black and yeah. you don't like like I was trying to say, you don't you don't really notice it until you see a white person on the screen. Just how much you've just been utterly yeah, drawn, not in, it down been drawn into the story, mm. not necessarily who the act, yeah, the colour of the skin of the actors. Music is excellent as well, by the way. Um, consistently, each of the each of the episodes is named after a gang star uh, song. <laughs> nice. I didn't notice that Michael Johnson did. He hasn't even seen it, but I think yeah. he's interested based on that. <laughs> well, we've fact we've talked it. about Gangstar on the music part, haven't we? Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm like I said, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling a bit oversaturated with superheroes, and also I'm a little bit worried about the amount of Marvel Netflix shows that are going to be happening, and whether I'm going to be able to keep up with them. Yeah, all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if there's going to be like future series of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, um, The Punisher, Defenders, it's just going to be like. How many? Five or six seasons a year of that, which is it's great if you love Marvel, but it's kind of a bit worrying if you've got other shows that you want to watch. Um, I don't know. Yeah, well, I know. I know yeah. what you mean. I mean, if you were um, so anyway. turned off by the DC films, and I very felt very weary of the whole superhero thing by then. This is these are definitely a a refreshing take on those. I think. Personally, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure lots of people would disagree. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've I've, cool. I've heard good things about it, so I probably will still give it a go. It's just cool getting around to it. Right. Well, um, following on from that, then let's move back up to um, sunny Stockton and or Northeastland. Back to North. Northeast back to Northeast. Well, and sorry yeah. to reveal <laughs> the secret there. Go behind the fourth curtain wall. Come see the widest high street in Europe, the home of the friction match. <laughs> it's Al Wayne. Okay, um, the second one I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to talk about for as long as the first one. Um, it's a show I've mentioned before, it's The Walking Dead. Uh, there's only been two episodes. Oh, not two, again. <laughs> yeah, there's only been two episodes of the new <laughs> season, uh, so there's not too much to talk about. As is a rule with this podcast in general, um, because we've talked about The Walking Dead before, I will be talking spoilers, or if I didn't, I literally have nothing to talk about. Um, so if you don't want to know anything about the first two episodes of The Walking Dead, and there is a particularly large twist in the first episode, um, stop listening for a little bit. Clive will put something in the notes. And, and sure. also turn off all social media, because I have I have <laughs> not seen a single episode of Walking Dead in all my life, nor hunted out a single piece of information about it, and I know exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I I also know something which happens, and I've got a, quite a funny anecdote. But I'll right, okay. Afterwards, well, uh, the season opens with an answer to the mystery of who uh, the villainous Neg- Negan decides to kill from the group. Uh, we're left knowing that one person is going to die, and we see the shot of Negan bringing down his bat at the end of the first, uh, the last season, uh, but we're not sure who he kills. Um, it's revealed in the opening episode that originally that it's Abraham who's killed. Fairly significant character who's been around for a long time, a fan favourite. Um, and then minutes later it's revealed there was actually two two victims. 
And um, first first season character and definite fan favourite, Glenn, is finally killed, having been teased that he died in the last season. Um, now, this has got quite a good reaction online uh, in general. People have seen it as, you know, shocking and excellent writing. Uh, people have taken it as, you know, a step forward with the show killing off, not just a major character in Abraham, but a first season character in Glenn. And um, while I would definitely, you know, give them an attaboy for finally having the balls to kill off a major character who they haven't just introduced episodes ago, um, I see this more as shock value horror than good writing necessarily. Um, certainly, it feels that the entire character of Negan um, is knowingly overperformed and over overwritten with a certain level of smarm that um, the writers seem to be relishing a little bit too much. It seems like they're thinking, well, we've got this bad guy and he's the ultimate evil and we know you're going to love him. We just know it, so we're just going to have him licking his lips at how good he is. We've got this perfect actor for him and to me, it's just a little bit overdone. It's a little bit too self-congratulating in the writing, if that makes any sense. Um, and I felt that while it was interesting that they killed off two characters, uh, the manner could have been handled better. I don't know if that's a problem with direction. Um, and certainly I know Clive felt that it was un unnecessarily uh, brutal and bloodthirsty. Um, on, the other, on the other side of the Negan character is another new character called King Ezekiel, who um, is heavy on the same kind of portentousness, uh, albeit on a kind of a lighter side. He's a good character, or at least he has been so far. Um, the Walking Dead appears to be getting more cartoony with age, albeit a bloodthirsty and uh, definitely not child-friendly cartoon. Um, I know neither of these characters are created just for the TV show. They're based on the comics. But it feels like the show at the moment is trying to diversify its kind of storylines. It can't just have, you know, the group meet some zombies in this situation. They have a fight. Um... But to me, it, it's another example of a depleting line of plot possibilities. Um, I'd be lying if I say I haven't enjoyed the first start of the season, despite my criticism. It's enjoyable fluff. Um, but any delusions of grandeur about this being on the same kind of level as Game of Thrones or other kind of fantasy TV series, which I've seen written, certainly by certain critics, I feel are more deluded than ever. Um, I don't know. I can't give this show too much credit but it's enjoyable it's well put together and for the most part it's well written but you always feel that there is something more they could be doing and they've just never quite got it but um yeah it's it's good but it's not great did you had you heard about that plot twist dave then has that been all over your twitter yes feed? yeah yeah absolutely um <laughs> yeah that's that yeah i mean it's um it's interesting because uh, this show's been around for a long time now, hasn't it? Yeah, seven years. Yeah, and yet um, I felt like for the first five, six maybe, it flew under the radar in lots of ways. Almost um, almost like Breaking Bad did. I felt like Breaking Bad flew under the radar for a long time um, before lots of people seemed to either jump on the bandwagon or social media kind of took it over. Um, and 
whereas Game of Thrones has been like that from the very start, for example. And I knew, I know every plot twist that ever happened in Game of Thrones. I'm fairly sure, thanks to Twitter and Facebook, and I'm now sure I'm the same with with, uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah, I mean, um, as I said, hats off to them for killing off a major character. I was really upset with them last season for effectively killing off Glenn, but then revealing, oh, no, he's not dead. Um, uh, But... Like, I felt that this could have been better handled. And as I said... So is he coming back again? No, definitely not this time. He's had... Well, spoiler alert, um, he's had his head literally smashed into a pulp. Quite brutally. Right. See, I I knew that there was two people who died, and one was an Asian guy and one was a gingerhead guy. Because at work, at work there's an Asian guy called Nick, and there's me who's got ginger hair. And and somebody said to someone else at work, uh, who watched Walking Dead, um, "Oh, did you see Walking Dead last night? They killed off Nick and James." <laughs> <laughs> right, which was uh, quite funny. Yeah, um, as I said, it's as uh, I don't know. It's just it feels like at every turn, um, if they'd had better writers, you know, to fully flesh out the characters, give them, I don't know, more grounding, more reality. I I know it's a zombie world, but um, I don't know. It just feels like it could have been really, really good. Instead, it's you know, it's a consistent seven out of ten, maybe verging on eight at its best moments. But it's it's never quite the great show it maybe needs to be. But um, I'm going to keep watching, um, even though I'm overflooded with TV at the moment. Um, I just wish it was better than it is. Is it better than yeah. Teachers? <laughs> I've never seen teachers. What? Um, no, I've never oh, seen that it. Was... I know Andrew. I know Andrew. I know Andrew Lincoln was in it. Obviously, was he ever? Uh, in fairness, Andrew Lincoln is consistently probably the best thing in The Walking Dead. Um, but is it better than Bake Off? Um, I, th- I feel they're very different shows. Um, <laughs> and I feel Andrew Lincoln. It's not fair to con. Pair Andrew Lincoln to you know Mel and Sue you know that's two v one. I mean he's better than Paul Hollywood. I'll give him that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I mean uh, Clive's usually the person who would back me up on Walking Dead talk, um, and I think we've had the similar views on the Walking Dead ups now. I feel like I feel like the Walking Dead is a show that a lot of women watch. Um. Ooh. Well. Is that is would that be a fair comment? I, I don't know. Not, not in my experience, but I'm sure plenty of okay. women uh, watch it. Um, yeah, the only people I know who watch it are men. But um, perhaps because the the only people I know it. Well, I know people who watch it who are men who watch it because their girlfriends watch it, and that's that's Clive included. But there's several people who I know like that, and maybe that's where mm. I got this impression from. But. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, yeah, um, I mean, if you're not watching it by now, you're probably not going to start, but uh, certainly if you like... No, I don't. If you like the jo- zombie genre, uh, you could do a lot worse than this. It is, it, is a, it is a good show, in fairness. I don't want to end it on a complete down note, because it is a good show, but it's... Um, just don't be expecting that kind of depth that you might get, say, from something like Game of Thrones. Hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. Um, all right, moving on. Uh James Cable, what have you got for his next? Right, well, as I've been, we've been hinting at throughout the whole episode, I'm going to be talking about <laughs> Northeast World, um, which is a, a, about a theme park set in the Northeast, and it stars 
Uh, two of and our Chris own, Rea. Alex Wayne and uh, Michael Johnson, <laughs> and one of whom we have with us today, uh, and Chris Rea, of course. <laughs> no, no, it's it's not it's not Northeast World, sadly. Um, it's West World. Um, I'm surprised you two haven't got into this, to be honest. It purely is. It, it's re- I've got I've got them all lined up and ready to go, and right. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm also very excited that I have them ready to go as well. Very I think, excited. I think in a way it'd be good wait. that you can binge them. Um, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Um, it, it seems to me like it's the most hotly anticipated show of the moment, and um, it's the one. Ev- well, it's one which everyone everyone's talking about, and a lot of people are watching. I know that like at work. Um, Everyone's talking about it and watching it uh, in my office. Um, and yeah, it's a it's an American sci-fi thriller. Um, it was created. It's been created by Lisa Joy um, from Pushing, who worked on Pushing Daisies, a show which I loved, and Burn Notice, and also Jonathan Nolan, um, who did the Prestige and collaborated on films with his brother Christopher Nolan. Um, uh, Memento, especially. Yeah, and the Dark Knight um, films and Interstellar. Um, and they executive produce it alongside J.J. Abrams. Um, can either of you explain what executive producer actually means? Because I have an idea. Um, I'm not really... You you pay uh, an awful lot of money to take a percentage of the profits, basically. Yeah, so I they just put their name really on it, basically. Yeah, 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 basically. I don't think they have yeah. a lot of creative input. You become an investor, yeah. really, yeah. don't you? So J.J. Abrams' name is on it, but I don't know what he's done on it. But... Um, yeah, so it's actually believed in the idea, basically. Possibly, yeah. That's yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's actually the second TV show based on the nineteen seventy film, nineteen seventy three film Westworld, um, which also had a sequel called Future Future World, and the first TV show was a short lived series in the nineteen eighties, which I guess didn't do very well. So this series of Westworld, um, it takes place in a fictional a fictional theme park, um, which is themed around the Wild West. Um, as you'll probably guess. Uh, the park's populated by lifelike synthetic androids known as hosts, um, and it caters to rich, paying visitors who get to live out their wildest fantasies in the park and do whatever the hell they want. Um, we see the park from the inside, where the guests are doing whatever the hell they want, and we also see from the side of the people behind Westworld, so the creators and the people who are running it and maintaining it. And I don't want to say too much more about what goes on, but because I don't really want to give anything away, especially seeing as you two are going to watch it. Well, you are. I'll turn it back. Are you going to watch it, Dave? Uh, yeah, absolutely, I will. Yes. Um, but yeah, I won't say too much more, but you can probably guess what people are going to want to do in the Wild West and the things that they might get up to. Um, and the, things, the things that you might, might also be addressed when you have artificial intelligence in a TV show. Um, I think... It was hoped that this show would spark off um, like coffee break conversations about artificial intelligence and you know the ex- existential ramifications on our own future um, if such things were to come about. And it has done that to some extent, but it's also become the latest show to become like a guessing game of mysteries. So much like every episode of Game of Thrones, um, I rush to discuss it and theorise about it with my friends and my colleagues. Uh, and I've much, I've much so been doing this with Westworld, and there's a lot of mysteries, um, which are perhaps you'd probably expect from J.J. Abrams. But again, I don't know how much involvement he's had. But you know, he likes the mysteries, um, and the two things are fundamentally linked. So the philosophy of 
AI and the technology aspects of it and also the mystery of it because the answers which we get to the mysteries that are posed to us are perhaps sort of going to alter our understanding of what we're watching in, in this show. Um, it, it gives us answers to the mysteries of how the world works and it makes us think of um, think of it in different ways about philosophy and the ethics and um, that's something which makes it very fascinating. Um, it's also been giving a lot away in terms of solving the mystery. So in the five episodes, we've had loads and loads of stuff go on. It's jam-packed full of content. And many of the stuff's been solved, but they've had lots more questions been asked. And I'm just wondering if they're going to be able to keep up that sort of momentum. Um, so there's quite a lot of sort of logistical problems um, of running what's essentially a real-life game, game world, um, which have yet to be addressed. It's just look, like little things... Um, but it's sort of fun to pick fault with those things and explain, sort of explain, explain away why. Um, I don't think there's any major ones which ruin it, but I think it's probably a big thing to mention about Westworld um, is the sort of controversies that it sparked and the ethical problems which it's been accused of. Um, like there, was a, there was a shocking scene in the first episode, which I won't describe, but it upset a lot of people. Um, it's been accused of being sexist, which I think they've started to address as the show's gone on uh, in later episodes. Um, it's HBO, so of course it's over-the-top, explicit violent, violence and sexual um, content. Um, you know, the Wild West had a lot of violence and a lot of prostitutes, um, which of course makes it a joy to watch. Um, but the, at the expense of what? Um, maybe there's too much of that? I don't know. Um, it's been said that in Westworld, uh, the modern-day people's idea of fun within Westworld is more rooted in sort of casual chauvinism in the 70s, and would it really be that way if this existed nowadays? Uh, it's, been, it's been said that the robots in the show are more complex than the humans, um, and it's also been suggested, it's also been suggested this is, this is all on purpose, and that there's, they're sort of intentionally selecting these types of people to be in Westworld for a deeper meaning, and there's a game within a game, because there's a lot of sort of, mis well, as I said, it's mysteries which are leading up to things, and I don't know. The theorising could go on forever, and only time will tell. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I'm just wondering, I'm just hoping they're going to keep up the momentum and it's all going to lead to something, you know, groundbreaking or something great. Um, but I think, finally, what I want to say is that despite all, all of these, like, possible problems and the controversy surrounding it, it's a damn gripping and, like, fucking enthralling television. Like, it's really, really good. Like, every episode has had me on the edge of my seat, like, gripped to it and, like, glued to the screen. And... Yeah, I think I think Stranger Things for me is going to take a lot of beating this year, but if it carries on its momentum, it could quite possibly do that. Um, so yeah, definitely definitely give it a go. Yeah, I can't wait to watch this. Um, I've mainly been the main prop, main reason I haven't actually watched Westworld is I uh, started a rewatch of Breaking Bad during a kind of uh, downtime period in TV. And it took me a lot longer to finish than I anticipated. Uh, I'm not somebody who can just quit halfway through something, even if I've seen it already. Like I obviously had with Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I really I was so excited about Black Mirror, especially. Um, but I definitely, by the time we have the next pod, I'll have definitely caught up. Um, the fact that it's got Jonathan Nolan writing it and it's got the people it has involved with it yeah. is. Particularly, yeah, excellent. Anthony um, Hopkins is just—he's great in it. He's yeah, really good. Um, 
There's a lot of other actors which you've probably heard of, but I can't remember the names of now. But yeah, it's a great cast. Uh, Ed, Ed, Ed Harris, I believe. Evan and Rachel Woods. Yeah, yeah. Just off the top of my head. Um, yeah, no, I, I can't wait to read. I, I've, I've heard nothing but good things. Um, I think it's been po- poised as the, the kind of successor to Game of Thrones. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what HBO would like it to be anyway. Whether it will be that successful, I don't know. But um, I mean, There is a lot of scope for what they could do with it, I, I think. And hmm. yeah, I've expressed I've expressed my worry that they're going like there's a lot a lot of stuff happens in each episode and they are opening up a lot of opening up a lot of doors but also closing closing them as they go and it's just whether they can hmm. keep that going and where they go with it. Um, but there is a lot well, there I, is a lot they can do and I think yeah. Well, I I certainly trust the people who are who are uh, writing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen the film, the original film? No, I haven't. No, it's I know it's based on a um, a Michael Crichton book. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Michael Crichton's obviously been um, responsible, well, most famously for Jurassic Park. He's a, a good pulp writer. Um, no, no. I, I mean, I, I think I think he, he wrote that, uh, but he definitely wrote that before um, he even came up with Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park seems to have been something he came to later. Um, Okay, must be but must yeah, be big no. on theme parks then. He is actually uh, coincidentally uh, off topic a little bit, but just seen an excellent post by the uh, Twitter feed Jimmel Jimmel Paint it. Oh, I love I love Jimmel Paint it. Dear Jim, could you please paint a picture of the Velociraptor from Jurassic Park being a clever girl and absolutely smashing her exams <laughs> with Richard Attenborough and Jeff Goldblum looking on very proud. <laughs> that sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah anyway um i can't wait for this obviously i've got no opinion to give on it but um it looks immaculate i don't, I don't think you'll be disappointed it's yeah it's it's brilliant it's brilliant visually and it's yeah it's just so gripping and and there's just something about the wild west as well and just that mixed with <laughs> that mixed with sci-fi it's just i think it's a great combination and yeah I've just I've got two quick points. You talking your description of that reminded me very much of Deadwood, which I still miss to this day. I don't know if you guys have watched Deadwood. No. Yes. Yeah, Deadwood was excellent. It, it killed before it. Yeah, before it finished. Yeah, well, before it's you know in the middle of its prime, shall we say? Uh, and I think the number one reason why I've not watched Westworld yet is that it's on Sky over here. Yeah. Uh, and they have a way of making me significantly less interested in any television program ever. Like Game of Thrones. I feel like an awful lot of stuff that was on Sky. No, not so much that. That's not why I'm not don't like Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like they do a really bad job of selling their very good television programs that they get. Do you know mm. what I mean? That I, they, I don't know. They don't market stuff very well. See, I, see, I'm, I see it as being HBO and HBO being Game of Thrones and stuff like that being very good. Yeah, I didn't really see. I didn't realise that it was an HBO program. I only saw it in Now TV adverts right, yeah. and at the train station first, and then I thought, oh, this is just gonna be another one of those kind of programs that Sky sunk some money into to try and re, you know, to try and come up with its own HBO series. Now I know that it's an HBO series, and it happens to have been shown on Sky. I became very much more interested in it. Yeah. So I will, I will definitely, but I think it will be one that I will binge after uh, after the conclusion of the yeah. series. It's, it's it's been one that's I've enjoyed talking about every week with people at work. So, yeah, it's good. 
Yeah, maybe I should just enlighten the people at work. Maybe <laughs> I just need to do that. I'll do it. That that might be easier. Right. Well, uh, I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. Certainly, the reviews at the end of uh, this episode. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Al, you got something else you wanted to say? Sorry. Um, not really. Uh, only only one quick update on our hunt for a new HQ. As I said, we were intending to move into a, a bunker lined with stolen. Um, gold in Switzerland but um, me and Michael are going to scout out Iceland when we go there next week um, certainly going to dump all of our tax records into a volcano while we're there anyway um, we're going to be there during the conclusion of the US election as well Trump could spell trouble for stick around but um, despite the fact we've been sponsored by his university in the past um, <laughs> where would you guys prefer Switzerland or Iceland? Oh, Iceland well, I, I think yeah, I can say after we um, after we sent Clive off to uh, Reconnaitre Switzerland this week and to do the recording today from the Gold Line bunker and seeing how well his internet reception has worked, uh, I don't think anyone's really picked him up on this yeah. this particular podcast today at no. all. I mean, Swiss- Switzerland. Uh, I feel do like have... that's probably not a, not a goer. I'm Switzerland do I'm have the say. chocolate and the cheese, but I don't know. I'm not sold on I... it. Yeah, I mean, post Brexit. That may become an issue, mm. but right whilst we can still import it, albeit at marked-up prices, alongside Marmite, etc. Um, actually, now I'm going to stop that right there because I was really was trying to appeal to Sun listeners with today's episode. I was trying to broaden out our listenership, and I've just gone all left-leaning liberal. Um, so sorry. <laughs> I do feel like um, Northeast World is going to get a lot more business though now that um, travelling yeah, traveling yeah. abroad is more expensive. Yeah, staycation. Yeah. Big society. Yeah. Fluorescent jackets. 2016, you beauty. What a year. Yeah. I guess we all saw um, the Cubs winning their World Series for the, the first one in 108 years. Just the latest in a long line of things that will never, ever happen coming true in 2016. <laughs> Brexit, <laughs> Leicester City, Cubs winning the World Series. What's next, November? Oh, What's please next? no, please no. Anyway, um, before we leave, anyway, um, all of the time-telling devices in my house seem to have malfunctioned. Dave, is that what that? Do you have the time? Is that what that beeping thing was earlier, or like jangling thing? Yeah, that would work better if you didn't have a goddamn grandfather clock going up every <laughs> single time you do a recording. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. But um, I think what my I mean, really, first off, it's way past bedtime. Secondly, it's plug time. Um, but Clive Cl- Cl- can... does this, though, so... Yeah. He does, yeah, but, I mean, all I can hear is just a muffled mumbling from inside a, a yeah. Dewgold bunker. I mean, we can have, it, we can have uh, a go at it, but it might need heavily editing. We'll try. I'm sure it'll be way less professional. Um, you can follow us uh, on Twitter at stick around cast you can uh search for us on facebook stick around podcast and on instagram as well um you can uh set up a regular payment to payers in all those cheap cheap dollars uh, uh patreon.com slash stick around um email us at stick around podcast at gmail.com and visit the uh green website at stick stickaroundpodcast.com where you'll find links to all those social media channels and also back episodes where you can listen again to your heart's delight 
And of course, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave us five-star reviews because those are what get us higher up in the ratings and expose uh, our work um, to a wider audience uh, in, in much the same way as Al tries to do when he steps out of his house in his dressing gown. Um, <laughs> I, I like your choice of words, slightly different sir. expose. Uh, and of... I like and of how co- sorry. <laughs> I like how you've chosen to expose our work. That, to me, the minute you said that, it sounded like we're going to be some newspaper headline about what we've said. It, <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. I think, if I think you when can, that happens, that's when we've made it big. What I meant... What I meant was, um, if you can just, um, if you just try and indoctrinate some children, if you can start playing this to them really young, uh, that's what I meant. That kind of exposed, kind of Catholic church. <laughs> Wait, you're going to expose, expose yourself to children? Well, I no, I was asking the listeners to expose to, themselves <laughs> to children. To expose oh. us to children. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, uh, don't forget that uh, if you if you don't think that listening to all this wonderful content is worth uh, donating any money towards, then the least you can do is uh, tell a friend about it. Suggest that someone listens to it. Give someone a nudge. Someone who was thinking of listening and you've you've already bothered them once and they've never done it. Or if you're anything like. Um, James Flux's wife, Robin, and you subscribe to the podcast but have never once listened to an episode, uh, then you need to... Well, they won't be listening uh, right now, will they? So, No, you need to find people like that and you need to encourage them to listen. Uh, and uh, their word of mouth will surely... will will be like um, Breaking... Uh, will be The Walking Dead Season 7. Will be that successful. And send us hate mail if you really want. Yeah, any mail. Yeah, not, not had an email for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, are we guaranteed to read out the next uh, email sent to that uh, sent to stick around podcast at gmail dot com? We see, will read when it you out started on this. Air. When you started this plug time, I thought you were better than Clive, and I was going to give you the job permanently. But I think like it's gone on quite a long time now, and well, that's just because we have so many methods <laughs> that we use to reach out to the people we expose ourselves to. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, we need to, we need to end on some kind of like humorous thing which we'd usually do so that people listen to the end of this. Cuz that's that's why we do it, isn't it? Um We've got loads of blooper real stuff at the start. I'm sure Clive yeah. can just tack some yeah. tack some yeah. of that on. Unfortunately, like, Al let didn't work cut out at any point, so we don't have any swearing. So, <laughs> Al, would you like to do some swearing? Um Fuck buggers. Um, <laughs> can't whistle. Classic Al. Right, well, <laughs> thanks very much for listening, guys. Cheers, guys. And remember, Cheers. stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Check them on. <laughs> Shabba. Thank you all for listening Rest assured that you have found The best podcast in the universe It's Stick Around